Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. Humanity is currently facing a series of interconnected crises that threaten our very survival, from climate change and worldwide pandemics to global economic inequality and increasing social tensions. At the same time, a global shift in consciousness is unfolding that is harnessing our collective power to consciously choose a flourishing, life-affirming future. There is a global movement that is co-creating a just, unified, peaceful, and thriving world. The time has come for all humanity to be united in purpose. This is our moment of choice upon which our future depends. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your mind and heart, and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guests. Reverend Deborah Moldau is an ordained interfaith minister committed to assisting in the transformation of human consciousness. She is the founder of the Garden of Light, providing an online platform for the emerging global spirituality. Deborah is director of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle, a project of the Source of Synergy Foundation that brings together visionaries committed to the acceleration of the conscious evolution of humanity. She is also vision keeper at Unity Earth, co-facilitator of the Conscious Business Synergy Circle, and co-editor of the 2020 book, Our Moment of Choice, Evolutionary Visions and Hope for the Future. She served for more than 20 years as a representative to the United Nations of May Peace Prevail on Earth International. Reverend Deborah leads a bi-monthly spirit salon at her home in Mexico. And Dr. Robert Atkinson, author, educator, and developmental psychologist, is the 2017 Nautilus Book Award winner for the story of our time, from duality to interconnectedness to oneness. He is also the author and co-editor of eight other books, including the one we're talking about today that I just said Deborah is a part of, Our Moment of Choice. Robert is Professor Emeritus at the University of Southern Maine, an internationally recognized authority on life story interviewing, a pioneer in the techniques of personal myth-making, founder of One Planet Peace Forum, and a member of the Evolutionary Leaders. Welcome, Deborah and Robert. Thanks, Julie. Great to be with you. Pleasure to be here. Great. I'm so glad to have you. And I'm probably going to call you Bob because that's how I know you. And Deborah, this is your first time here. And welcome back, Robert. I'm really thrilled to bring this moment of choice to the show today. And wow, I'm, I'm confident that this conversation will pique curiosity, inspiration, and a deeper exploration into the themes and topics that are, are that are right here. So first, 
Deborah, I have a traditional first question on the show, and I've asked Robert before, but this is your first time. So I'm going to ask you, if you could share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? The truth. Mm. <laughs> I think it's, it's really that simple. I think we've... Um, and I feel like humanity has been on a journey that's kind of like the prodigal son in the Bible, where we ran away from that sense of wholeness that I believe that indigenous people naturally grow up with. They feel a part of their their um, surroundings as well as their family unit and their larger uh, tribes or nations. But we have journeyed into the experiment of individuality and individual success and individual fulfillment. And I think that we have we are just now awakening to the fact that we actually belong to a greater whole. And if we don't tend to that and nurture it and live from that understanding, uh, we are going to be in serious trouble. We are finding ourselves in serious trouble. And I think we are now on that journey back to the father that's going to welcome us with open arms. And I hope something other than a fatted calf, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I like the metaphor that we can come home to that wholeness and really orient our lives and our civilization to the good of the whole. Mm. Come home to our wholeness. I love that, Deborah. Thank you. What a, what a beautiful response to the, this question. I love that. And it's a great um introduction to this conversation. You both are editors of this book I have in my hand, Our Moment of Choice, an amazing, incredible, really resource. And I I say that in all sense of the word resource for um, this evolutionary time we're in. And I want to start with a few quotes from the introduction of the book. We're going to talk about the book more in general today. And then we're really, over the next several weeks, going to dig into some conversations with some of these authors. And I want to have you introduce this book. But first, let's just go into some of these quotes and set the scene for what we're about to dig into. So, yeah, we'll start with a few introductions pieces from Greg Braden, and then we're going to move into the seven areas of discovery and the seven circles And Greg writes, a single question lurks at the very core of our existence. It's the unspoken question lying beneath every choice we'll ever make. It lives within every challenge that will ever test us. And it's the foundation for every decision we'll ever face. The question at the root of all questions, one asked countless times by countless individuals during our estimated 200,000 or so years on earth is simply, who are we? Our story, what we believe about our past, our origin, our destiny, and our potential defines the way we see ourselves, other people, and the choices we make. Greg goes on to say, 
after 5,000 years of recorded history, we still haven't answered this question. So, Bob, I want to begin with you. You are a pioneer and an expert in personal myth-making. And I'm wondering if you can share more with our listeners here. How does this book attempt to answer this one important question? Who are we? Hmm. Yeah, it's a great place to start. Um, and Greg wrote uh, a beautiful introduction to the book, and in, in that just uh, in the way that you described. I mean, so when we think about the question, "Who are we?" It's a huge one, and one about I, I think anyway, one about remembering who we are, remembering who we are, remembering where we came from, remembering what we're here for, remembering where we're going, all of those are parts of the same question of who are we? And and we, as Deborah alluded to earlier, uh, there's a greater sense of understanding unfolding in the world now about that. And it's all headed toward a direction that brings in the uh, other piece that was mentioned earlier too about it. it's all moving toward uh, toward remembering and toward a recognition of our wholeness, not only as individual beings, but as a collective whole. And that that's really. Um, so it's about you know we we kind of speak also about the uh, the evolutionary impulse, which is really about the direction things are moving, and even in a sense a deeper sense, the way things are designed to move toward, and so it's all about that uh, coming. Um, another one of the chapters in the book talks about coming to the remembrance of our oneness and and seeing how all things everything that is so again by design so diverse that they still all fit together as as a harmonious interconnected whole and that's the direction that uh, we're all moving toward and greater recognition of that is coming about day by day as we can see when the as the um, crowds in the streets get larger and larger each time something happens and that um, seems to want to take us in an opposite direction it's not that simple or that easy there's a there's an outswelling of energy and synergy toward reclaiming, recognizing our wholeness, as not a, and not only as a species, but as a, the entire, as parts of the entire creation. So that, that's kind of a big picture sense of uh, how I would see, how I would get to the question of who we are. Mm. Well, who we are begins to weave itself in a subtle energy throughout every page of this book. I think the readers will begin to really feel the, um, almost the the magnitude of who we are 
emerging through that evolutionary impulse as they read each page. I'm really looking forward to the continued conversations and yes to that harmonious interconnected whole. So here's another quote from Greg. We're going to just lay this out in the big picture and then we'll get more specifics about this book and what it has to offer for the readers. But another quote, will we choose to replace today's broken and failed systems with the sustainable technologies and practices of healing peace, and cooperation that are at our doorstep? Or will we ignore our window? Will we choose to cling to the familiar habits of ego, money, power, and competition that keep us locked in turmoil, polarizing our world today? Deborah, the book moves us from this story of who we are to the real tangible solutions that are available to us. Can you speak more to Greg's assumption here that when we choose to see ourselves in this new human history, we can create the world that we know is possible? He suggests that everything from clean, abundant, and sustainable energy to healthy food and pure water to everyone living in healthy and meaningful lives, that it begins with our thinking and the transformation of human consciousness. And this is right up your alley. Can you <laughs> say more about that? Uh, definitely, yes. I was going to say that uh, I think it goes deeper than our thinking, that it is our very consciousness that is uh, moving into a new phase. This is a very traumatic moment in human history. We have finally come together as one planet, you know, we could see from the moon, the, the beautiful, fragile Earth hanging in the blackness of space. And I think from that moment on, there was bound to be an awakening to the wholeness of who we are and how we, we, we are one Earth community. And we also have other technology now, uh, including the Internet and jet travel and, uh, you know, all the things that allow us to connect in ways that were never possible before, even though Native peoples always had a sense of the wholeness. But here we are awakening to not only the potentials that Greg speaks about in terms of how we need to learn to move into sustainable agriculture and even you know, feeding ourselves in a healthy way and preserving the health of our air, our water, and our soil. These are the fundamentals that, that give us life. But we're also awakening to how our behaviors have um, compromised those very elements and that we have not treated the earth and one another with the respect that is urgently needed. So um, I, I love, I was just looking through the, the chapters to see both the, uh, the, the picture of wholeness that emerges from so many of these chapters that are about healing and conscious evolution, the science of awakening, the whole world view, the dawn of a new day, evolving our culture and God bless her, uh, the late Barbara Marks Hubbard, a synergistic convergence of the whole. You know, so there's this sense that we need to start by considering the whole. And then there are the technologies 
that all of these wonderful contributors who have so generously offered their chapters to this book are sharing with us about what they've learned can bring us forward in, uh, for instance, in um, conscious enterprise, you know, which is one lever that can truly move the world. But there are so many other ways. There are chapters about education. There are chapters about social artistry and vibrational intelligence. And even Diane Marie Williams' chapter about putting on our red capes and activating our superpowers. So, and, and Shilpa Jane, who works with young people, talks about how her technology of jamming cultivates connection and community and collaboration and co-liberation. Mm. So these are wonderful, fresh, exciting ideas. And at the end of each chapter, there's a, a beautiful little spotlight that gives a little synopsis of what the author is discussing. And then there's a call to action. So there's something that the reader can do if she chooses to, right? This yes. whole book is an invitation to each reader to acknowledge their place in the wholeness and the, the importance of everything that they think, speak, and do. And to offer the opportunity to step even further into this uh, global conversation and global action. How do we move forward together? Well, this is huge, what we're trying to do. You know, our, our good ship, Earth slash Titanic, is headed for the iceberg of the sixth grade extinction. But we are collectively at the helm, and we can still turn it in a different direction toward love and light and caring for one another. And it's a bright new day is possible. Thank you for that, Deborah. I'm really glad you presenced the the really the theme, the the foundation that holds this entire book is the wholeness. And you know, as a president and founder of Good of the Whole. I love this language. and I love this call. And yes, every chapter has this spotlight and this call to action that is is really so user-friendly and inspiring. It's, it like incites the simplest and yet profound action on all of our parts. So I love this. I love this. From healing our, our whole worldview to our, our worldview, to a whole worldview, to even healing the individual. So it's really a powerful thing. Before I move to the next question that I wanted to cover, Deborah, why don't you just take a moment and tell us how many authors have contributed this? You just mentioned several. 43. And every one of the 43 contributing writers is a member of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle of the Source of Synergy Foundation. So this is very exciting for us because the evolutionary leaders um, have been around for some time, but we have not really uh, had a vehicle for outreach to, to bring the, the wisdom of these wonderful, creative people who have dedicated their whole lives to thinking outside the box and finding 
new solutions, often based on ancient wisdom. And this book gives uh, at least some members of the evolutionary leaders circle, and we hope maybe there'll be in more volumes in the future that so that uh, people can hear from even more of them. But uh, these 43, an opportunity to pool their efforts into one book. And this really speaks to the mission of the Source of Synergy Foundation, that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And that as we share one another's visions, the subtitle of the book is Evolutionary Visions and Hope for the Future. So as we bring our visions together, we see not only the threads that run through each chapter uh, that we've been discussing, but also the brilliance of the individual uh, evolutionary leaders, each one bringing the the product of their life's work to this one volume. In fact, yeah. somebody said to us, this list of the of the authors here sounds like my bookshelf. <laughs> it does represent my bookshelf. And many of these authors have been guests on our program here. Many, many, many. I, I almost most of them here at one point or another. So it is an important um confluence of voice and wisdom here that that I think is is really brilliant. I congratulate you all and I do hope there's more. I do 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 hope there's much more. So I, you you mentioned the vision and the hope, visionary evolutionary visions and hope for the future and right now on the planet there is so much fear. There's so much chaos. There's so much happening and Greg mentions in his introduction uh, a beautiful quick quote, in the absence of fear, we are better equipped to make conscious and informed choices. This is science in itself, that when we can come into that calm, centered place, we do make better choices. We we do broaden our understanding. So before break, I just have a, a probably an important, but maybe quick question, maybe not. I'd love to hear each of you speak to this. How does our moment of choice quell the fear and move us into choice? And Bob, let's start with you. Hmm. Yeah, well, that definitely is the purpose of the book. And um, uh, we've got, as, as Deborah indicated, we've got such a range of Leader, evolutionary leaders, uh, bringing their their best and most concise thinking to this book, and and it's it's organized in a way to show that we actually have seven circles, seven thematic circles, and it's designed that way to show that they're all not only an important piece of the whole, and they all contribute to the well-being of the whole, but they're also interdependently connected with each other. And so that's um, when we recognize how that is is a reality, that all these crises that we're experiencing right now are interconnected with each other. We, we can begin, I, I think that helps us see the big picture, not only of how they're all interconnected, but how they're also interdependent on each other. And so it's set up that way. Uh, and 
we're, it's really about uh, making it as clear as possible that there is a process, a, a dual process occurring in the world right now at the same time. There's the process of decay of the old. And at the same time, there's the emerging of the new. And so we have, on the one hand, that uh, breakdown of an old, worn-out system of hierarchy and separation going on all around us, while at the same time, we have this really a new story emerging that is a story of wholeness, equity, and unity. And all the chapters of, of the book are tied together as threads of that one tapestry that illustrate various aspects of that new story that's unfolding. And, and so we're, we designed it that way to help the readers get a sense of the whole and to see that they're all, everything is so interconnected and that once we shift our vision towards that whole, that by itself gives us a great deal of hope. Uh, I feel, you know, and, and I think people, I think readers uh, will begin to recognize that as well. The, the, the longer we stay in any one of the parts the more difficult it becomes to get out of that uh, rut of thinking about and, and how about how difficult things are in that moment in that particular place. But once we shift our vision towards the whole and recognize there's a greater purpose, and, and we and from an evolutionary perspective, we've been heading towards that direction all along with a few. Um, cyclical blips along the way that that vision of the whole is what provides the hope that we need in this world today i think mm. thank you bob and deborah i want to give you a moment or so right before break here how does our moment of choice quell the fear and move us into choice thank you julie uh I think that the most hopeful thing about this book is a phrase that I've been hearing uh, during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, I've never heard it so much before, but this has been some, uh, something important in my life, and that is we're all in this together. I think when you get this book and you you take a look at the banquet that is the offering of, of all of these different evolutionary leaders, you begin to get the feeling of what Bob was referring to as the threads in the tapestry, that there are so many ways for us to move into the future. It's not limited. You know, our world, especially, oh my God, our political world these days puts everything into black and white. And really, the, the world is, is a rich and varied place. That is the hallmark of Mother Nature, is the beauty in each person and the gifts that each person brings to this moment of choice. So you get this array of beautiful visions, every one of which acknowledges the seriousness of the situation that we're in and gives tremendous hope in the individual chapters. 
But also, I think you begin to get the sense that there are so many ways to move forward that each of us has our opportunity to bring forth our gifts and all that's in our heart, our visions for what this world can be. So that's where I see the hope. And when I see the hope, then that moves me out of my fear. Mm. Thank you, Deborah. The world is a rich and varied place, the hallmark of Mother Nature. I love it. I am Dr. Julie Kroll. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll explore so much more of our moment of choice with Deborah Muldow and Bob Atkinson. We'll return in just a moment. Meditation channel, nonstop meditation music, 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation channel. As a young teenage boy, I didn't even know what autism was. How do you even spell that? A few years later, I heard that a friend's cousin's son had been diagnosed with autism. I still wasn't sure what that really meant. When I went to college, my roommate's brother had autism. When I moved to the city for work, my best friend called me and told me his son had been diagnosed with autism. We were both in shock. I still remember the day I walked into the house and saw that look on my wife's face. I knew something was wrong. I'll never forget how I felt when she said, our son has autism. Autism is getting closer to home. Today, one in 110 children is diagnosed with autism. That's a 600% increase in the last 20 years. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Make a difference. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Entire communities improve. The path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps 
listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links, as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I invite you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful, healthy world we depend on. Come work with me. There are lots of ways to do that. You can check those out at juliecrawl.com. And there's other opportunities waiting for you at goodofthewhole.org. Come and join us in the connection field. Get involved. We are here so no one has to feel disconnected and alone. Learn more about this topic, Our Moment of Choice, this beautiful book I'm holding in my hands. You can do that at ourmomentofchoice.com. Again, really simple, ourmomentofchoice.com. And Deborah and Bob, welcome back to the second half. I'm like really loving the conversation already, and i i want to I want to bring us into these the circles and how you've organized this book and kind of dig in a little bit more. But I want to read Greg Greg's in Greg's intro. He mentioned seven areas of discovery, and I can kind of tell like I'm imagining as I wrote my book the evolution of these topics and these themes and how they ended up being these beautiful circles. But Greg mentions these seven areas of discovery, and they're a bit different, but really inclusive of these circles. And the discoveries kind of flow and invite us into this deeper exploration as story. And I think they're they're beautiful. They're really beautiful. So I just want to read them out loud first, and then I I have a question that I want to follow up on. So these seven areas of discovery, building a global community as a culture of peace, revisioning the universe as alive, conscious, and intelligent, renewing an ethic of deep integrity in conscious business, media, and entrepreneurship, Healing the whole body as a way of living rather than as a response to illness. Awakening the power of spiritually based science. Understanding new scientific discoveries that reveal the cosmos as a deeply connected and fully integrated system. And knowing sustainable living and prosperity as a foundation for global transformation. I love how those flow. I love the story that they begin to tell and they almost do begin to answer that one pressing question that he says, but Deborah, the book is also organized besides around these ideas that deepen in and into the circles. It also really grounds us in the role of synergy. And you you mentioned the synergy and the Source of Synergy Foundation before the break. And I just want to take a moment before we get into the circles. Can you speak more about the organizing and unifying principle of synergy in this book and how that weaves through the pages? No, while you were, while you were uh, recounting the, the seven circles, I was thinking about how remarkable it is that we didn't tell any of these people what to write about, (laughs) you know? So these are, and I'm sitting here with 
ourmomentofchoice.com open on my computer, and I am looking at all of the 43 contributors, all of their shining faces, and I'm looking at them with so much love and gratitude because they they have taken on this um, suggestion of synergy by being members, ongoing members of the evolutionary leaders circle, which is built on the idea that we need each other and that coming together in community can actually be empowering not only for endeavors that we might attempt together, but for our individual work. So this is what I think is embodied in this book. And I love to pick up the book and know that all of these individuals have contributed to this book so that their work could be in synergy with one another's. Mm. So I think it is the that sense of synergy as the glue that very beautifully, not tightly like physical glue, but like an etheric glue that holds us together, that binds us in purpose. Because I really believe that that is the hallmark of this coming paradigm, is that we all feel a sense of purpose to contribute to the greater wisdom, to the greater action, to, if you will, the good of the whole. And that the book is an example of that. That's exactly what it is. It's everybody contributing their spark, their their divine spark that's within them, that's brought forth all these this flowering of visions and and thinking and um, steps forward. Everybody who wrote for this book is totally passionate about their topic. There's nothing here that's, you know, just sort of an academic recounting of some philosophy. No, these are people who are living their lives around the ideas that they're bringing forth. So when you see them, um, as you so beautifully said, Julie, um, in, the, in these seven circles that, that weave from one into the next, you get a sense of, again, Bob's image of this tapestry that is representative of all humanity right now. This is what we all need to do is bring forth whatever we've learned in our lives, whatever love we have cultivated, sometimes through challenging experiences. And that includes the challenging experiences that we're going through together on this planet. And my chapter, which perhaps we'll discuss next time when we focus on the circle on bridge building, is about a shared spirituality that I really feel is emerging. And that is bringing forth the power of this synergy among us all. Mm, yeah, beautiful foundation for 
the not only the bridge building, but the unfolding of all the other chapters. So, yes, I'm looking forward to that conversation, Deborah. And I, I do want to just presence these circles just a, a little bit here. We don't we won't have a lot of time to talk in depth about each of them, but let's just give a brief introduction to each of them. Bob, can you talk about circle one, which is the bridge building together? We can build a global community and culture of peace. Well, yeah, I uh, can try that in a second, but I, I just want to kind of uh, add, emphasize what uh, point that Deborah was making about how these um, the the discoveries that you read from Greg's introduction, they're not only the descriptions of the seven circles that that the book is designed around. They are also at the same time those uh, those threads that tie together the tapestry of the new story that is unfolding mm. and that more and more people are becoming aware of. So this was one way for us to kind of do two things at the same time, which was to show the the primary themes and and also I mean, and going back to what to the point Deborah was making, these these seven circles are are put forth in the book in such a way that really shows the the breadth and the depth uh, as well as the visions of these 43 evolutionary leaders and i don't i mean you know there's there's literally no other book out there that can come close to doing the same kind of thing now as as this book does bringing so many evolutionary leaders, thought leaders together in the same book, and not only presenting their their um, most concise thoughts about what matters most to them as individuals, but putting it all together in a way that is telling the new story that's unfolding in our time in a way that uh, there's nothing else out there like this that does that. So it, it's really... Uh, I think does those two things so beautifully and powerfully. Uh, it highlights the um, the the. It, I mean, it's really a testament to the depth and breadth of the 43 evolutionary leaders, as well as identifying what the um, threads and themes of the new story are. So. It it's, um, begins with, <clears throat> the first circle begins with building bridges across boundaries. Uh, and that's, that's needed now to form a global community and to create a culture of peace. So part of a big part of it, and it's not by chance that that's the first circle. Uh, building bridges is such a critical, crucial a part of the process that we're in the midst of right now. Um, so, so we begin with that as the first circle, just um, knowing where those bridges need to be built and how and who can, who might be the best uh, suited to build them. But um, and at the same time, you know, one of the other unique elements of this book is that it not only brings together 43 very diverse thinkers, it brings together 
the entire range of types of thinkers and from such a broad range of backgrounds and traditions that each come from. So it includes uh, among the 43 contributors to the book includes a, a number of indigenous uh, leaders uh, who have put forth their vision of the uh, of what the world needs now. And what is amazing about that is that they're the original bridge builders, the indigenous peoples. And there are a couple, at least a couple chapters that um, illustrate how uh, ancient spiritual indigenous teachings that have been around forever are what is needed to uh, to build those bridges today across uh, where the boundaries are uh, need to be broken down and so that that's an important part of the book as well to have the have the indigenous perspectives but uh, so that's the first circle it's just um, that the importance of building bridges where they where they're needed today yeah yeah thank you Bob, I, I love that. And that, you know, the indigenous voice of the hoop of many hoops is um, this, this ineffable bridge that's already, you know, that's already emergent and in existence. We just don't see it. So this book helps us to really see that hoop of many hoops as this ultimate mm. bridge. So I love that. The circle two, just, what, go ahead. Just one other aspect of that in in Circle One, another way that bridges are being built now is is across disciplines, and so we have a chapter uh, that you'll talk about probably next week in more much more depth. But um, there's a chapter by um, David Sloan Wilson and Kurt Johnson that is really about building bridges across science and spirituality. I mean, that's a huge uh, way that bridge building is needed as well. Uh, they had been previously thought of as uh, separate disciplines and even at odds with each other. But now we're discovering through the work of scientists like David Stone Wilson and others and Kurt that um, there's really no boundary between science and spirituality either. That's just another aspect of that bridge building. Yeah. And so in this book, um, if you're listening to this conversation, you want to pick that up. There are 37 different chapters in these seven circles. And I, I know we're not going to be able to go in depth into all of them today, but trust us when we say we're going to bring you more conversations and we're going to dig into these um, in the coming weeks. You're going to get to hear from many of the authors right here on the show. So we have about 10 minutes left and I, I do want to just kind of presence them, Deborah. And so if you could just say a little bit about circle two, restoring ecological balance. We regard the universe as alive and conscious. We are planetary stewards. You know, I think that uh, here on the Dr. Julie show, you are doing exactly what needs to be done with this book, which is taking it circle by circle and taking the time over the coming weeks to really dig in. And we're hoping that book clubs will also want to do that. I know that several of our contributors are um, ministers 
and their churches are going to be studying these circles um, one by one over the next seven months. So there will be a lot of people digging in this way, and I think that's really exciting. I love that the first chapter is called The Great Map of Peace by the very brilliant James O.D. And, you know, we, we're all looking for a map. How do we move forward out of the situations that we're in now? And uh, Circle 2 gives us really what is step one of that process, restoring ecological balance. It is so crystal clear that we cannot continue to live out of balance with the planet that gives us life. So there, it's no accident that our two um, indigenous voices are both in circle two, Constance Buffalo and hereditary chief Phil Lane Jr. And they are both offering perspectives that are quite different one from the other. Connie tells a beautiful story about one good person and the kinship of all life that that demonstrates. And Chief Phil talks about the prophecies that have actually heralded this new global civilization that have made these predictions that are coming true right now. And then we have other wonderful writers in Circle 2, Dwayne Elgin, who's been writing about this throughout his uh, career, about the, the world in, in great transition. And Daniel Christian Vall, who is a young specialist on regeneration. And John Perkins, oh my God, the author of Confessions of an Economic Hitman, who, hmm. who has studied with indigenous peoples and also worked in the world of economics and politics. And he believes we are right now in this moment of choice, transitioning to a life economy. Isn't that exciting? Mm. So really there is no way to honor each and every one of these circles in, in one interview. And that's why I'm so grateful to you for bringing on uh, a taste of each circle in the coming weeks. It's going to be very exciting. It will be. And let me just presence them here, and then we can um, just kind of muse from this space. So circle three is conscious enterprise and social change. Circle four is healing ourselves and the planet. Circle five is integrating science and spirituality. Circle six New Frontiers Beyond Space and Time, and Circle 7, The Big Picture. And the, the breadth and depth of richness. And I, I even just, our listeners listening to your voice, Deborah, you got so excited when you were talking about some of them. <laughs> and that's how I get. It's like the, the, the breadth and depth in each one of these circles is exquisite. So just... Saying that in summary, Bob, is there something more that you want to say about these specific circles and how they unfold? Well, you know, I just the main to point out is that they're all crucial to uh, resolving the uh, issues and the and the crises that humanity is faced with today. Uh, and and it's almost impossible to think of. I mean, especially after you read a book like this, from not necessarily from beginning to end, but have a sense of the book as a whole. 
there's no way I don't think that anybody can not see how all the issues that humanity is faced with today are so interconnected and interdependent with each other that and and that's what each of these circles does it it really identifies the uh, main issues around like um not uh, uh, about how we need to recognize that we are stewards of both ecological balance and economic integrity and we have the the, the, the next circle helps us recognize how it's not only uh, necessary but totally natural and organic to work with the mind-body-spirit connection in order to heal ourselves and the planet. And the next circle makes it so clear about how education, basic things like education and research are so critical to awakening, elevating, and evolving consciousness. And uh, another circle makes it so clear about how um, we can, we really need to, as well as understand that we're living on a living planet, we also need to view the entire cosmos as a fully integrated whole, a fully alive whole. And then the final circle the more we are able to envision the whole the better we'll be able to support sustainability prosperity and global transformation so they're all so important to to, uh, healing and resolving the crises that humanity is faced with in this moment Thank you, Bob. Thanks for that synopsis. I'm looking forward to our continued conversations here. Deborah, I want to give you just one minute to bring this into a closure here. We have about one minute. And I I really am curious if you have any last words that you want to share with our listeners. I do. Here's what I want to share. I want to encourage everybody listening to go to ourmomentofchoice.com and order this book. Because following along with Dr. Julie's subsequent shows about the different circles and hearing these these wonderful visionary authors live on this radio program when you have read the chapter that they wrote in the book is going to be so much fun that I think you'll be glad that you did. Perfect way to leave us. Thank you both for joining us today. I appreciate you so much. And I look forward to talking to both of you again as the series unfolds here. Thank you so much. Thank thank you, Julie. You're welcome. And I want to leave you listeners with the words of Greg Braden from the introduction. One more piece. New discoveries regarding our origin, our past, and the most deeply held ideas about our existence give us reasons to rethink the traditional beliefs that define our lives. When we do, the solutions to life's challenges become clear and the choices become obvious. This book is dedicated to revealing the discoveries that have yet to show up in our textbooks and classrooms. They hold the key to awakening our new human story. 
You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. 